Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? Think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Tell me what to do. Know who you're talking to. Well, you better get used to the way the ball bounces. I see what you got. It measures in ounces. But that's a brace, boy. You're a big man. <laughs> Treat you like you're a little man. Yeah. Break it down. Yo, tell me what it's like to be half a man. It must break your heart to see what I am. But that's a brace, boy. Tell me what to do. Know who you're talking to. Just stop wanting me to be someone else. Welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the theme song to a WWE Hall of Fame faction known as D-Generation X, which of course consisted of the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, the game Triple H, X-Pac, the Road Dog Jesse James, the Badass Billy Gunn, and the ninth wonder of the world, China. And of course we chose that because D-Generation X is the name of this WWE In Your House pay-per-view. So I thought it was only fitting that we played the theme song to D-Generation X to commemorate this great review that we are about to do for you right now. And that was the theme song to D-Generation X here on the Boochcast. 
And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for us to bring back one of our favorite segments here on the Boochcast, the pay-per-view reviews. That is where myself and former uh, full-time co-host, Gator Ricky Ross, and I team up to look at some classic pay-per-views from yesteryear. And we do it through the perspective of not just wrestling fans who saw the show, but also from two people who work in the wrestling business. As you guys know, Gator Ricky Ross is a wrestler slash manager slash announcer slash referee. Pretty much had the indie scene covered. Um, I, I, I have done, I have done it all. Let's just say that. But I'm most, I'm most well known as a manager. Yes. And, of a champion. Yes. And, of course, myself, you know, my background, I've been an analyst for many years, as well as a ring announcer, commentator, you know, behind the scenes shit. I, I've done a lot, too. Not as much as Gator, but a lot. And we... Well, like, can, we can we can we break a little kayfabe a minute? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> okay. On top of being, you know, I've, I've wrestled, I've managed, I've been a referee, I've done color, I've done play-by-play. Uh, I've been around it. I'm a second-generation <laughs> That is true. Okay, yeah, valid points are being made all around. And... I, my grandfather, my grandfather was in it, and my grandfather wrestled, and is currently running the promotion. I mean, hell, I've, I've been okay. Long story short, I, I know some shit. Yes, he definitely knows some shit. And now for this uh, time around with this segment, we decided that in honor of NXT doing uh, the NXT Takeover in your house, because that was the twenty fifth, because that was the twenty fifth anniversary of the in your house pay per views that WWE used to do back in the day. So we decided to go with one that was on our list, which was WWE In Your House, D-Generation X. And the reason we chose DX is because it was in fact DX, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and the road dog Jesse James who made the announcement that there would be an NXT TakeOver In Your House. Now, obviously, last week, we covered the In Your House NXT version, so I thought, honor that, Gator and I would do In Your House DX for this go-around. And of course, D-Generation X In Your House was the 19th In Your House pay-per-view produced by the WWE. It took place on December 7th, 1997 at the Springfield Civic Center in Springfield, Massachusetts. And... Not Springfield, Illinois, where the, where the Simpsons are from. Yes. Yes. And not to be confused with Salem, Massachusetts, which is where you know who is from. And we... I'm yeah, sorry. We're good. We're good. So anyway, uh, this took place in Springfield, Massachusetts. I was, I was about to go into promo land. Yes, where the tagline is, attitude is everything. And uh, there's a lot of great matches on here. And I think usually the backstory for this was obviously um, they were. this was the pay-per-view to take place after the Montreal Screwjob, which was pretty interesting. Yeah. So. So, tensions were high during the build-up to this pay-per-view. It was a little rough, children, a little rough. (laughs) Yes, and so that caused, you know, and um, also they had uh, Ken Shamrock, who returned from an injury, which was caused by the Nation of Domination in September, and then he he became the number one contender for the championship, and then there was all this taunting between Michaels and Shamrock going forward, and everything else, and then... What? So this was fucking weird for me because I, you know, I was born in 96, so I didn't really start watching wrestling until the late 90s. And when I say late 90s, I mean like 98, 99. Yeah. Or at least the 
WWE product. I mean, I was kind of involved in the WCW product, being my grandfather worked for him. But yes. Anyway, it was weird to see, you know, like The Rock and Stone Cold having a match here for the Intercontinental title. Yes. That was fucking weird. Yes, but believe it or not, that was where the Austin Rock feud started. Then that's how valuable the Intercontinental title was back then. That guys like Rock and Austin and Shawn Michaels and Triple H would fight sometimes each other for that championship. Like it was that big of a deal back then. And it doesn't seem that way today. There was no other mid card title. So they had to have something with some prestige that they could, you know, make a story. I mean, well, you can make stories out of anything. But you get what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. This is back when there was only a few championships. Well, they even had the story with Sergeant Slaughter and and Triple H here. Yes. We're going to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump ahead of shit, but okay. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm jumping. Yeah, thank you. Um, but anyway, so we're gonna kick things off. This was the first official match of the evening. Uh, apparently, there had been a tournament going on over the last couple weeks to crown the first ever WWF Light Heavyweight Champion. This was their version of the Cruiserweight Championship, and different people were in it from Agula to Super Loco to. Which, by the way, Agula. Yeah, S.A. Rios, and then also Super Loco, who was also super crazy, and Devin Storm was in this, Eric Shelley was in this, Scott Taylor, before he was Scotty Too Hotty, was in this, Uh, Flash, Flash Flanagan was in this, and of course, the two men who competed in the finals of this tournament and at the pay-per-view for this light heavyweight championship, Takamichi Nuku versus Brian Christopher, who we also know as Grandmaster Sexay. Yes. <laughs> okay, let me explain why that's funny. The whole damn time this match is going on, there's it, it kind of fucks with you because there's a there's an angle going on with him and Jerry, the king, by the way, Jerry the King Luller, not not me when I was going on a tangent about stealing gimmicks. But yeah. There's a real king, Jerry the King Luller. There was a whole thing going on where where they were there was accusations that Brian Christopher was Grandmaster Sexay was Jerry's kid. Which he is. He is. In real life he is, children, just in case anybody didn't fucking know. Yeah. But it, it, back then they didn't want it to be out there. It was it was weird the way they did this whole storyline, but anyway. Yeah, they were Jerry Lawler was basically showing favoritism to Brian Christopher on commentary. Um but that was one of those things where they didn't want and people he, to know even but in we the knew. Match, he got yeah, I mean, it was it was a crazy match. It was a crazy moment, and that word was getting out that, yes, he is Jerry Lawler's son, and eventually they had to run with it because too many people in the know knew. So it was one of those things where you tried to keep it secret, but the fans weren't having it. No, I mean, it's Jerry's kid, and the fucking fans are chanting this shit. Jerry's kid, and, and I love Brian because Brian has this ability like his dad to use that heat. Cause it, well, I mean, it worked. It got him over as a chicken shit heel. It really it did. did. It, it was classic chicken shit heel. It was. Classic. And let me explain the chicken shit heel for everybody. Chicken shit heel is that heel that is the, the bullshit chicken shit. He runs. He runs away from a fight. He's the opportunist. Um, classic chicken shit heel uh, would be uh, early William Regal. You know, Stephen Regal, Lord Stephen. Early. 
classic chicken shit heel. He would rather somebody else do the work for him than he do it himself. Yeah, and... I, and and also, if you watch a lot of the uh, from the old WCW stuff that we would watch during this, um, you know, while we're doing these reviews, you notice somebody else that was I don't I don't think a full fledged chicken shit heel, but definitely used it at right times that most people don't give credit to for that. Ric Flair. Yeah, Ric Flair was a good. Uh, yeah, that's a bit decent. I mean, yeah, yeah. He he would. He's one I would consider to be a chicken shit heel. Yeah, he he definitely knew the art of backing down, but he knew when to do it and when not to do it. That was key. He never yeah, overdid it. Chris Candido did it the best. Yes, hands down. Um, I mean, hands down, Chris can because Chris Candido would fucking turn around and run away from you. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's classic chicken shit heel. I mean, that's all that is. All right. And he did it to the. He did it to the T. He got the heat on Taka, and that's all you needed. He needed was just get the, get the fucking heat and get you invested in it. And I love this match, man. This match had me had me thinking back. I'm like, wow, this is old school as shit, man. This is old school as shit. Yeah, and Taka. You know, he was obviously, you know, from the Japanese style of wrestling and from New Japan and all that, but he didn't hot shot like most New Japan wrestlers do today. He he had the timing of all his moves. So no matter what crazy yeah, he move did, he did, the, the timing was there. Thing, yeah, the timing was there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The, okay. uh, the timing there, it pisses me off to no, to no fucking extent. They don't know how to build a match. They just fucking throw everything at each other, and it takes like eight fucking finishers because, oh my god, it didn't used to be like that. Taka is showing you how it's supposed to be done. You fucking build the shit. Fucking build it. I mean, he was stiff as a bitch, but still, he fucking built it. Yeah, he built it to a crescendo, and then in the end, Taka was able to defeat Brian Christopher, and he became the first ever WWF light heavyweight champion. So he was the first before, and it started in 1997, it lasted until 2001. Yeah, exactly. And, and and he was the first. That was when it was the red belt. Yeah. Remember, wasn't it weird looking at it as the red belt? It was weird. Like, it was one of those belts, like, it was so red. I was like, and people boo the universal title? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. But anyway, this was, again, this was done well. This was how you're supposed to fucking build some shit like this. The only thing, I mean, it wasn't like either him, Taka, to me, Taka's fucking stiff. And when I say stiff, let me explain, uh, because I know there's a lot of guys out there that are listening that don't understand what I mean by stiff. He's he's working kind of snug. He's working kind of hard. He's kind of throwing more legitimate stuff. He's not... Vinny, Vinny, help me out here. Basically, he's not pulling his punches. He's letting them fly and... Yeah, he's kind of letting them fly. He's... I don't want to say fake. He's not faking it, but he's not... He's not letting up. He's kind of being more snug with it. Yeah. He's kind of throwing a little heavier-handed, which is fine if that's the way you want to work. But uh, me, personally, I would rather work safe. But he... I mean, a little, little less snug. I shouldn't say safe because he wasn't unsafe. Yeah. Like other people that we're going to fucking list in other shows. I'm talking to you, Van fucking Hammer. Okie dokie. Unsafe bitch. Yes. Unfucking safe. If you want to see unfucking safe, Van Hammer, and I think it was <coughs> 91 WCW Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Thunderdome Cage. The Thunderdome Cage. Okay. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll get to those later. But we'll yeah. get to it, and I will rip him a new one. 
Yes. But I'm just telling you, so so people can see what the difference between snug and unsafe is. That fucker is unsafe. Amen to that. But anyway, he will make, he will make you watching him try to. He tries to do a fucking okay. suplex here, and when he tries to do the suplex, he doesn't fucking cradle his opponent's neck. He fucking just damn near drops the bitch on his fucking neck. I'm like, oh my god, who the where's Dusty when you fucking need him to go? Don't do shit you don't know how to do. Okay. Yes. Jay- Gator, Gator, can, can we stay focused on the match, please? Yes, I'm, this is a teachable moment. It is, but I don't want to drift too far away. No, I'm not drifting far away. I'm just giving the people an example. Okay. I'm giving the people an example so they can go back and look at the example of what the fuck not to do. Okay, good point. So that's my thing. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to tell people about shit. I want to give them examples of shit they can go back and look at and go, fuck, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The next match we had was a six-man tag um, with a bunch of people. I didn't know who half these people were, if I knew any of them. Uh, Los Bariquas with Jesus Castillo Jr., Jose Estrada Jr., and Miguel Perez Jr. A lot of juniors. Um, with Savio Vega against the Disciples of Apocalypse, the DOA, with Eight Ball, Chains, and Skull. Okay, so as somebody who is very good friends with Eight Ball, he's now he's now he now goes under the name Q Ball. Um, <laughs> Chewie, I'm gonna say this in a loving way. This match was a clusterfuck. Yes. Jesus Christ! It was just like it was. It was like trying to watch a monkey hump a football. <laughs> it was like it was like trying to watch Zach have sex. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. It was just all over the place. Okay. Oh my god! It's just very. It's just very all over the place. It. I mean, they try. The heels try to get their heat, and it's hard to tell who's the fucking babies. Who the fuck are the baby? I don't know. It was. I couldn't tell. I'm like, I get there. But why are they feuding? Who's the fucking baby? What's the story here? There was no goddamn story. They didn't even. There was no story. Did they even do a promo video to explain what was no. going? Exactly. They just threw these guys in there, and I'm like, okay, who the fuck are you three? Who the fuck are you three? And what the hell's going got, on? Then you got two. Then you got two bald-headed motherfuckers with stone cold uh, goatees wearing the same shit, and I can't tell which one is which. I can't either. <laughs> Like, they're giving them all names. It's like... And I know one of them personally. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's like, none of these guys... None of this makes any sense. And it was like... The, it was not the shortest match of the night, but pretty close to it. It was like 7 it minutes was, 58. It was the shitty. It was the shitty. It was horrible. This was a terrible match. It made no goddamn sense. No one knew what the hell was going on. And I doubt even the fans there that have been watching on a regular basis remember who the fuck they were. This is the match they should have put in between the main event and the semi-main event to calm the fans down. That This match should have gone there as a cool-down match. So we could go to the bathroom and get our T-shirts and our chips and and our chips and soda. Because this, this would have been this is the piss break. This yes. would have been the piss break. But you made the and second the, match and no one pisses after the first match. This would have been the fucking piss break, uh, which is a term I should say that is greatly uh, regarded in the wrestling business as you don't want to be in a piss break, um, but every show needs a piss break. Yes. You know, we got we got to pee sometime, and you want that yeah, to be. We got to pee, especially when it's a three-hour fucking show. Yes. <laughs> and uh, 
On that note, we move on to the next match of the evening, which was dubbed as a tough man match. We had we had Butterbean versus Mark Marrow with Sable. Oh God! By the way, uh, one star on that last match. Okay. Moving on. Uh, uh, moving on. Yeah. Moving uh, on. Mark Marrow and Butterbean. What the fuck? <laughs> what the actual fuck was the point of this? This was this was pre-brawl for all children. Pre-brawl for all. That's what I was thinking. Like, I was about to say, how far back did the brawl for all start? It was oh god. Because I know this whole match just makes me have have Russo visions. Yeah, I mean, fucking fucking Russo. But yeah, the whole thing was stupid because first of all, they're trying to make this out to be a boxing match in a ring, and I think this boxing match was actually. I don't think this was like a shoot. Like the brawl for all was. I think it was actually supposed to be worked, and yeah, it looks it looks worked. It doesn't look like a shoot. And I'll it be honest, I'm probably gonna get a lot of heat for what I'm about to say right now. Oh God! If you're gonna do a boxing match in wrestling, you might as well make it a damn shoot, cause the work style fucking sucks. Either either shoot or don't do the match, because trying to work and rig a boxing match in a wrestling ring looks. Dumb. I've seen multiple times it be done and it no look good. It never looks good. It never looks good. I've done it. It don't always come out right. It's horrible, man. Like, I mean, they're trying to do this whole thing. Like, Mark Merrill's trying to do all this other goofy stuff. And then they're like, then he's getting knocked out of the ring. And then all this. And then there's a disqualification at the end. And I'm like... This is dumb. Like, first of all, Butterbean is a legit boxer. Mark Marrow has the whole Golden Gloves background. Clearly, yeah, they know how to box. So I say, let him box. Also, one more thing. Please, and this is not just the WWE. This is any wrestling company that wants to do a boxing angle. Please, please. What? Yeah, please, 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 please get a real boxing referee. Don't throw one of your wrestling reps in there. Please get a boxing referee who knows what the fuck he's doing in there. Don't assume that. Oh, you know what we did, and and we did this on purpose because I was concerned about this when I did this boxing match angle I was in. Yeah. Uh, what we did was we threw a fucking uh trainee in there. Threw a student as a ref, as the ref, a student that we knew we could trust. We threw him as the ref. So it was somebody that people have never seen as a referee before. Okay, that, that's what we did. Okay, well you did what you had to do, but I'm saying in general, try to get a boxing referee. Try to get somebody that has refed boxing and bring them in. Don't let one of your wrestling referees referee a boxing match. It ain't the same thing. They don't... There's a reason why referees have to be licensed in certain areas because each sport is operated differently. You have to look for different things. When you're a wrestling referee, you're trained not to look at shit. When you're a boxing referee, you're trained to look at shit. There's a difference. For the love of Christ. I think that's in in your your different... Because in the state of Virginia, actually, a boxing referee and a wrestling referee hold the same license. Really? uh, Yes. And a wrestler holds the same license as a referee. And a ring announcer holds the same license as a wrestler and a referee. Manager. We all hold the same MMA. We all hold the same license. 
because they group it together. The Department okay. of Recreation, Depot, as we call it down here. Okay. They don't group it together here in our in my state. It depends on what state you're in. Yeah. But I don't disagree that boxing referees are trained a little bit differently, and most boxing referees are either former fighters themselves or trainers, or they were trainers and now they're a referee because fuck yeah money. Yeah, it's it's, it's a whole other ball game, and I think they should have. I'm just saying that that's the thing. If you're gonna make them box, you should just let them box. What's the the worst case scenario is Mark Merrow? Okay, he gets knocked out. What do you do? You you let him sit at home for a week. Worst case scenario. Or he just comes in and does promos. Okay, that's the worst case scenario that happens. Is Mark Merrow gets a little bangled up. But I'm pretty sure if you have a boxing within a rule, Butterbean's not going to actually try to kill Mark Merrow. Because most of the time in boxing, they're not actively trying to, like, kill somebody. You know? It, it depends. It depends on how pissed off y'all are. Yeah. So, th- that's the thing. So, you should just either shoot or don't have the match. Because Ward's boxing matches look dumb. And I felt like, at first, I was enjoying it. Because it looked kind of good. And Mark Merrow did a couple of things that looked somewhat believable in a boxing setting to Butterbean. But it also looks stupid because you have this worked match with Butterbean where Mark Merrow at times is gaining the upper hand. But then, you put him in a shoot with Bart Gunn and he damn near kills the sumbitch. So... Well, that's because Bart, Bart was a legit bad. <laughs> That too, but I'm also saying that is that you make people that see the brawl for all look back at a match like this and use that word we're not supposed to use. Fake. Exactly. It, and I hate it, but I hate it, but you just completely nailed it right on the head. So yeah, this was this was fake as fuck. Therefore, not enjoyable. Moving on. from the Gator on the Gator Star. Yes. It was 10 minutes and 20 seconds of our lives we can never get back. And on that note... And it gets no golden stars from the Gator. It gets no stars. Yes. No stars. No stars. And... No stars. Nope. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening for the WWE Tag Team Championships. The New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn and Road Dog, defend against the Legion of Doom, Animal and Hawk, a.k.a. the Road Warriors. Okay, good match, shitty finish. Yep. Let's be honest, the finish could have been booked a little bit differently where it would have made a little more sense. Exactly. A little more sense, but altogether, I mean, that's four tag team specialists in there, so. Yeah. They, they do they do tell a decent story. Oh, they do. I loved the promo that Road Dog did going to the ring. I loved it. The whole... Let's go to, hold on a minute, let's go to the promo before this, okay? Before, I'll, let, I'll let you get to the Road Dog promo. All oh, right. You just reminded me. Hulk fucks his promo up royally. He's like, yeah, we're gonna go get him. And damn it. He <laughs> said, damn it. I'm like, okay, buddy. And where are you going with this? Yeah, I'm looking at the Road Warriors. It's supposed to be this great tag team with these great promos. And Hawk spends two minutes talking about boogers. I'm like, get the fuck yeah, off my TV like, screen. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of that scene in Anchorman where they're like, where like the news station just goes back and forth, and Steve Carell comes up and goes, "Where'd you get those suits at the toilet store?" That's what it reminded me of. That's what that thought I thought of that. That was 
It was bad. Then they go out to the ring and Road Dogs on the mic telling everybody, "Don't feed the dinosaurs." I'm like, "Fuck!" I mean, you can't be mad at. <laughs> I'm like, at, th- at that point, I'm like, okay, here comes fucking, here comes fucking Jesse. Damn it, Jesse. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I know. Animal. I'm looking at this like, oh god, they, Road Dog is the ballsiest guy in the world. I'm like, he is really laying on thick. How old the Road Warriors are, but they're so good at it. like they're backing up, like whoa, 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 let us get to the ring, let us get to the ring, and all that. And then finally, there's the attack, and it was 10 minutes and 32 seconds, but it was a great tag team match. Great, like I said, finish was eh, but still two let two legendary tag teams working very well. Yes, and it and it worked out great. And like I said, Road Dog kind of saved it because they're because you know they're supposed to be the heels, so Road Dog's of course gonna get his heat off of the old age and all that shit. Yeah. I can't say anything. I've done it. It's true. I did it, I did it to my old to my own grandfather. Oh God. Oh yes, I said I said, folks, please rise as there is a corpse in the ring and it's time for a funeral. Dearly beloved, have gathered here to say our goodbye. <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy. And let me tell you, just a little side story. Let me tell you the fucking heat I got at the house later on. Oh fuck. <laughs> Oh my God! What the fuck was that? I was I I, I was cutting the promo. Uh, I'm not a corpse, you asshole. I, I'm sorry. But 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 Granddaddy, I had to get my heat. Granddaddy, I had to get the heat. Oh, this is my Granddaddy. You are my Granddaddy. <laughs> I'll tell you. I will say this, though. Even though technically both teams in this ring are Hall of Famers, the New Age Outlaws got to get their own slot at some point as a team. They need their own tag team slot. Yeah, I don't disagree. Because they were that damn good. I just want to say that as a side note. But on that note, we are going to move on to the next match of the evening. Speaking of dinosaurs, in a boot camp match, we had Triple H with China versus Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, by the way, two and a half stars on the Gator Star Chart for this for that last match. Oh, for that last match. Okay. Tag team match there. Alrighty. All right, now we're on to this one. Let me say one thing. I enjoyed it. Yes. Because it was it was old school. It was an old school knockdown dragout. I mean, and it was just it was just Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter had this deliberate pace about him. It was actually a hidden gem that I was not familiar with. Yeah. I didn't realize this match existed. I didn't either. And I was I was pleasantly surprised. I'm like, because it wasn't it wasn't like it was Sarge old and blown up. It was he was still relatively like he wasn't he was blowing up, and by blowing up I mean he was wheezing a little bit. But he was I mean he was still able to do the brawling stuff. And see, here's the thing with the brawling stuff: the brawling stuff allows you, and this is what Triple H did. Triple H worked around Sarge's. Sarge's um, insecurities and his weaknesses. Yeah. He did. And by, see, the brawling stuff allows you to get extra time and breathe. You get what I'm saying? Insider tip, that's what brawling allows you to do. Exactly. Hardcore, it allows you to breathe a little bit. That's why the 60-year-old fucking damn outlaw macho piece of shit wanted to work hardcore. So you get to have room to breathe. It allows you to breathe because you have to sell a little more with the hardcore shit. Yeah. So it allows you to breathe. There's times that gives you, it gives you that extra, you know what I'm trying to say, Vinny? Yes, I do. Okay. It gives you that extra couple of seconds. Yeah, and it was a very good match. And Triple H, of course, had a lot to say in the promo beforehand, saying his wife can get the peace pipe, which I thought was funny. And I, I thought that was great. 
Yeah, and then Triple H just going out there and doing what he does. And, of course, China has to get involved. She'll always get involved. And Oh, God, don't get me started. And just overall, it was a great match. There were times where it looked like Sarge was going to win, but then Triple H somehow managed to pull it out and get the victory. And just, it was, I loved it. It was a, it was a different kind of style match. And it showed that, you know, Sergeant Slaughter had enough for at least one more match. Yeah, he had enough. He had enough. I mean, that happens with older guys. Like, Mick Foley retired and came back how many fucking times? A lot. Uh, so, if you feel like you've got one more in you, then you'll, you know, you'll if you want it bad enough, you'll fucking work for it. Exactly. Because um, my granddad was the same way when, when he did that final match with me. And I may or may not have gotten my heat by calling him old and decrepit. Yes. But... <laughs> And, and I, I, I made a joke about him being dead. And it happened. It happened. In my, in my defense, it's not the worst thing I've ever said. It's not. It's definitely not. It's, it's definitely really not. not. It's really not. It's not. Because we, we, know, we know what's going to happen in Athens, Georgia if I make my way over there. Yes. We do. Oh, Mr. Bujarelli, what should the promoter have never said? Give you free range and do what you want. Do you want... Is there anything I'm not allowed to say? Apparently not. Okay, here we go. And it's going to, oh my God. And, but yes, I will say, uh, so I, I enjoyed the boot camp match. Very well done. Well, how many stars did you give this one? Four stars out of five. Yes. And on that note, speaking of guys who, if they got one more in them, they'll go. We get to this next match of the evening. We have J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T, Jeff Jarrett versus The Undertaker. I said the same thing. It was a clusterfuck. I mean, this was. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but the, but it was also kind of clunky because it was like it was like J E double F double R double T didn't didn't know what the fuck was going on. It, it was but, weird. I remember when they announced it at the beginning of the whole show. Jeff Jarrett goes one on one with the Undertaker. I'm thinking, why? I'm like, well, better than what my granddad said. So I was watching this with my grandfather the other night. Okay, better than what my grandfather actually said. What did he say? He said, "When the he said, when the fuck did this happen?" <laughs> it was it was it was not good. It was six minutes and fifty four seconds long, and it was in, in wrestling terms, it was what we call the drizzling shits. Yes, the shitty, as we call it here. It was no, 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 no. It was worse than the shitty. It was the drizzling shit. Oh God! At least with the shitty, you can make it stop. Yes, that's true. And I've heard and I've heard the term drizzling shits before, so I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah you have. I, if you've been anywhere near near wrestling, you've heard the drizzling shits. Yes. Yeah. So, it's it's a term uh, I know for a fact. Uh, a gentleman that you and I have both come across, whose name we're not gonna say, uh, because he, you know, he doesn't like to always show up to events because he likes to double book himself. Yeah. Um, he he uses that term quite often. Yes, he does. I have probably where you heard it. I, I've heard it. I've heard it. Uh, out of that guy's mouth? Not out of his mouth. Out of a promoter's mouth. I've heard a promoter say. God damn it, Dwayne! What? God damn it, Dwayne! <laughs> oh, yes. I, I, I didn't say his name. I didn't either. Um, I just said, God damn it, Dwayne. Exactly. Yeah. Although, speaking of which, I did see, I did see, I did see the movie Damien Omen last night. It was pretty cool. Uh, but anyway. Oh, nice. On that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. This was, of course, for the Intercontinental Championship. Stone Cold Steve Austin defended the title against The Rock with The Nation. Okay, all right. So this was weird for me to look at because... 
he was announced, but they said self-proclaimed The Rock. I'm like, huh? Yeah, he was still going by the name Rocky Maivia at the time, but he was slowly but surely trying to morph it into The Rock. Yeah, because he was trying to hold, you know, this, yeah. is, this is during the later stages of the nation, when before they added in Owen and became whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> It was still called The Nation. It just wasn't The Nation of Domination. They just shortened it to The Nation after. Yeah. 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 Hashtag, hashtag the Black Panther. I'm, I'm sorry I interrupted your Black Panther party. <laughs> um. it, was, it was interesting. That's all I got to say. But, of course, Stone Cold comes out in a pickup truck. He's uh, stunnering everybody. He's not. D'Lo's getting beat up against the truck. And and then at one point. Hey, man, D'Lo, shot. Shout out to D-Lo, because D-Lo always takes the fucked up bumps. He does. Oh my God, D-Lo always takes the fucked up bumps. Oh my Even God. back in Smokey, remember in Smoky Mountain? Yeah. When he was with, when he was with the gangsters? Yeah. And uh, he was their third man because, you know, you didn't want to beat Mustafa and New Jack, so you throw D-Lo in there, and <laughs> fucking D-Lo... Man, D-Lo D- always got shitted on, but I love D-Lo. Yes, D-Lo's awesome. And, uh, but yeah, so, and again, it's like one of those awkward moments we have to remember that Austin and Rock at this time were still mid-carders. It's hard to imagine them in a mid-card slot because they weren't main eventers yet. Because the, uh, the Austin's Royal Rumble WrestleMania win hadn't happened yet. The Rock was not even close to that yet. So no, 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 these guys were on the, these guys were mid-carders. He was working his way up. Yeah, so... And these were not, these were not full up, I mean, this was not a full Rocky, this was not your classic Rocky Stone Cold match. It wasn't. This was was not it. This was the, this was the seeds planted for what would happen later. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was cool to see because, because you realize, oh, fuck, they had fight. Yeah. They, they fought for something that wasn't the world title. What? And that's basically it. They had fights. Yeah, and it was five minutes, 28 seconds. Austin hit the stunner after a good back and forth and then pinned the rock one, two, three, and took the and won and retained the Intercontinental title, but technically took it back because the rock had stolen the title from Austin and was walking around calling himself the best damn intercontinental champion there ever was. Hashtag Dick Kick City. Yes. So it's and still it wasn't a, it wasn't like your classic Austin Rock matches, but it was the seeds that were planted for the future. So even though it was the and ironically the shortest match of the night, five minutes twenty seconds, the shortest match of the evening, and it was second to last and not the main, which is rare for them. Yeah, but it still had its heat though, so it did what it needed to do. It did, yes. It, it told its story. It told its story of Austin and his struggle with the nation. Yes. So and. Um, it gets, it gets two and a half stars on the Gator Star chart. Yes. And now we move on to the main event of the evening for the WWE Championship. Shawn Michaels with China and Triple H defended the title against Ken Shamrock. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Can we just say how, how fucking shitty and how stiff Shamrock is in this? Okay. Do you, did you see this? I saw it. Shamrock, this is before Shamrock had realized, oh shit, I need to not probably fucking throw hard-ass goddamn punches because people are throwing back. Yeah. Because he was, because HBK threw a couple potatoes, man. I was like, goddamn, he threw a couple potatoes. Yeah. A couple goddamn receipts. I'm like, okay. He was trying to slow, he was trying to, there was parts where you can tell HBK is trying to slow Shamrock the fuck 
now. Yeah, he is. Because Shamrock comes in like a bolt of lightning. Yeah, and it's not, and it's nothing against Shamrock. It's just that's the way Shamrock is. Yeah. Shamrock is a is a Shamrock does not have a lot of endurance, and uh, HBK does. Lots. You don't believe me? Ask Sunny. Anyway, <laughs> what, we're, what we're trying to say is ten times, children, ten times with lipstick. Yeah. Oh God. Multiple coats. Yes. Until they were both raw and couldn't do it no more. Oh dear God. Oh, you didn't read a, you didn't read the book? No, I didn't read the book. I never. I. I. I who, whose book? Oh, Sonny wrote a book. Sonny wrote a book. Sonny wrote a book. Oh God. Oh yes. But ten times with lipstick. Well, Do I want to know what that means? She would. Okay, so she would. Sean had a fetish where he really liked it when she would put lipstick on ruby red lipstick, copious amounts of coats of lipstick, just until she looked like the fucking Joker, and he would hit it from behind as she leaned over the counter. This was in her book, and it also did come out of her mouth because I've heard from sources. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. Okay. But, I mean. I don't want Mr. Bujarelli to be like, Gator, what did you do? Do you have a lipstick story to share with the class? <laughs> there once was a girl named Ashley. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, I think we should uh, save that for another episode. <laughs> we're not going there. Anyway. Anyway, uh, I will say... Um, Choo-choo. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, anyway, uh, I will say... Okay, thank you. So, uh, one thing I want to say is I liked I, I did like Ken Shamrock's performance, even though he was a little out of control. I could see why he, was, he had to be slowed down, and you can see when when Triple H pulls him to the outside, you can see he looks he actually mouths the word "slow the fuck down." Yeah, they're like trying to help him out there because he's getting a little out of control. But either way, I did enjoy Ken Shamrock's performance in the match. Outside of all that, and um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad main. It just was. Uh, Shamrock was not at that level yet. Yeah. And I, even though I still hold my belief from when we talked about the King of the Rain that The Rock should have won and not Ken, um, I still enjoyed him in this match. And, of course, uh, I like the fact that they went with the... Even though I'm not a big fan of DQs, I hate them so much. And there was a lot of them in this pay-per-view now that I'm looking at it. Um, I... The only good thing about this DQ thing was it showed that when when Shamrock locked in the ankle lock, they they were gonna they knew that Sean would tap really fast. They weren't gonna let Sean like milk it and sell it because back then, if you someone like Shamrock locked in an ankle lock, there was no stalling. They tapped. So no, you had to kind of you had to kind of just go ahead and let it go. Yeah. No. So I like the fact that they stopped him from right when he went into it and then caused the DQ to in order to so Sean wouldn't have to like tap like crazy if they were not gonna well, run it tap. Wasn't, it wasn't unheard of that uh Shamrock would fucking kinda lock it in legitly. And I think I think that's because he's I I think that's a problem that a lot of people have is that when you're used to the UFC style, it's hard to pull your punches and not go for the lock. Like, that's something that I think a lot of UFC guys that come, and gals that come in struggle with that. They have to learn that style. I think, like, that was something that I was... Like, like, like when Ronda Rousey was training before her match, I liked the fact that that was, that that was a big thing they were teaching her so that when it came time for her to debut at WrestleMania two years ago, she was ready and knew, this is a, we're working together. Do not actually try to hurt these people. Yeah. This is they has fight. They don't have it is they don't kill each other. They has fight. Yes. We we want to be athletic, but we do not want to actually try to kill each other. You've never you never heard that 
they have fights? No. That's why I'm trying to figure out why the it's, fuck you keep saying it. Because it's because it's a thing. It's alright, it's something we've said and my granddad has said multiple times on fucking um <laughs> on fucking pay per view. Um like we would okay, so some of these pay per views I have sat and watched with my granddad because, you know, you might as well sit underneath the learning tree if you can. Yeah. And there's been some matches that were not that great. Where it was, well, they has fight. <laughs> so there you go. They has fight. Yeah, they had fight, and it ended, and they, they has fight. It's like it's like he has cheeseburger. They has fight. Yeah, and then and then Owen Hart came back and was beaten down on Sean. Yeah, I think maybe because I think DX and like the Hart Foundation were kind of feuding around the time that Sean and Brett were going into the Survivor Series. So, yeah, but it was. Uh, but, so this was a way to kind of bring Owen back into the mix because things were getting really awkward with Brett's departure. So also they were building to WrestleMania. They had to build to WrestleMania 14 when Triple H would face Owen Hart. So I think that was in a way planting the seeds for that. Like, Owen wanted yeah, Sean, but he was ultimately getting Triple H because Sean was the champion and having to go to WrestleMania and defend his title. Yikes. So, I think that's why Owen Hart kind of came back. They were kind of taking the hearts off TV because they were trying to let things cool down from the Montreal controversy and then slowly work Owen back in because they liked Owen. And, you know, uh, you know I've, heard, I've heard a lot of great stories about Owen as a person, so I can't say nothing. Exactly. But I want to say, like, in spite of, despite whatever controversy you've read about, despite what the, the last... The season finale of Dark Side of the Ring tells you Owen was loved by everyone in the WWE. Just know that. I, I the only there's only one person that had an unkind word to say about him, but they later buried the hatchet, and that was Steve Austin. That was it. But they but they buried the hatchet, and Steve had a valid point to make. I will say. And uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, was in your house. Degeneration X. Um, overall, everyone had fight. It was. They had fight. That was. It was it was a pay per view. It was there, um, and it was basically just there. It was basically an awkward transition from Survivor Series Montreal screw job to '98 Royal Rumble, where shit's about to make sense again. So it was just we need a pay per view for December. There it is, and it's fucking weird. It was like, and I almost another thing I've learned with every WWE pay per view. It, or even WCW for that matter is there's always that one pay-per-view that's just there yeah, there yeah. and there's ones that mean something there's ones that matter and then there's the ones that are just there they're there to forward a story or reignite a story. There's a couple of interesting moments, but most of the time, you're sitting there going, I can't believe people actually spent money on this. Yep. That's what marvels yep. me. The fact that people out there spent 30, 30, anywhere from 20 to 40 bucks on this pay-per-view. And I feel sad for y'all. I do. Because if I if I convinced my dad to order that pay-per-view back in 97 and it ended like that, he probably never would have ordered a pay-per-view ever again. Probably never again. Because that overall, this was bad. Very bad. Very true. Very true. All right. So that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude the uh, pay-per-view review. As always, Gator, I thank you so much, man, for uh, joining me for this segment. Always great to have your uh, your knowledge, your expertise, and even your examples. It's fantastic. And uh, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. 
We are on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our exclusive video content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, January the 28th for the WWE Royal Rumble. That's right. We'll be getting together for the first stop on the road to WrestleMania as we'll be checking out the men's and women's Royal Rumbles as well as whatever random matches they put on there to find out who will be main eventing night one and night two of WrestleMania. Also, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and a special treat that is also going to be fun. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works best within your budget. We have our first level, which is 99 cents, $1 per month. Our second level is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So take that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Now, the best part is all the money that we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use to upgrade our equipment. We use to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed uh, Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try, God knows we continue to try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza baby! Hashtag don't be silly and play with your willy. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.